And unfortunately, they arrived the day we got back. So that was kind of like a, a double blow. It's so sad at getting off the cruise. And then the first thing you open is your luggage label. We're just like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to this week's bonus episode of the DCL Duo podcast. And we have been waiting a little while to have this guest on, but we are so excited that he is joining us. He just completed his first ever Disney cruise on one of the UK staycation cruises over in the UK on the Disney Magic. And he is himself a prolific cruiser and cruise photographer. And so we are excited to welcome all the way from the United Kingdom, Andrew. Welcome, Andrew. Hello. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, we're so excited to chat with you. So we bumped into Andrew on social media because he posts some of the most fabulous photos of ships in and around Southampton near his home, I believe. And it was great to see some of his photos of the Disney ships over in Southampton earlier this year provide a little bit of glimmer of hope for us as those ships started sailing again. And we started to see them in Southampton, uh, even ahead of their sailing. And so it was great to see he is on Twitter over his handle is cruise ship P, I believe on Twitter. And so I really highly recommend heading over and checking that out, either his Twitter or his Instagram. Instagram. And so, Andrew, did I get your handles right? Yeah, that's it. Yep. Spot on. That's it. Awesome. Well, Andrew, why don't you tell folks about your cruising background so they can get a sense of, you know, how much cruising you've done. So as we engage in this compare and contrast with Disney, your first time aboard Disney, they have a little bit of context. So my cruising, I got into cruising or coming to cruising quite late because basically my sort of, first of all, I'm, I'm a bit of a ship geek. So I've always classed myself more of a ship spotter. So I've always been, I've been taking photographs of, of various ships for uh, poor 15 odd years now and i write for them for various magazines i've written stuff on cruise ships for magazines and and other stuff and so i've been invited on board a few ships and that's kind of where the kind of cruising and the sort of love of the interest in cruising came along so i also like the technical side of the ships as well as you know the aesthetics and how they look and everything so for someone that sort of writes i've not been on too many cruises i've been on a couple of P&O cruises um obviously being in Southampton they're they're kind of easy to easy to get on quite um yeah quite easy my sort of first cruise and obviously with a family first cruise I did with a family was Harmony of the Seas in 2016 when she did a short cruise from Southampton over to the over to Rotterdam and my sort of son was he was 18 months at the time so that's the first time I ever cruised with him shortly after that we did a couple more on P&O Ventura and then I've done a couple of other sort of short cruises as well. So it's mainly short cruises as opposed to anything long. And they've all been around Europe. So I haven't really at the moment kind of cruised anywhere further afield, you know, whether it be the Caribbean or the Mediterranean. But it's obviously something that I want to do, you know, sooner rather than later. Wow. Starting off on an Oasis class ship, Andrew, that's got to be some shell shock as you move around to the rest of the cruise lines. <laughs> Well, I thought start big and see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, that that harmony ship is is with Royal Caribbean is just humongous with the big mall and stuff yeah. in the middle. Yeah, oh, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and just yeah, it's, you know, comparison and what that you know, it's like a floating city. Like, you know, it really is. Yeah, I think I think we're booked on one in a couple of years. 
I, I can't remember if we booked on Harmony, but we booked on either Harmony or one of her sister ships. It's the same class, yeah. And um, when when he booked on that, is that any time soon? No, no. Our our cruising our cruising dance card is pretty full with Disney between now and September. I think we have like six, it maybe seven or eight cruises now because there's a few I'm taking myself with Disney between now and next September. So yeah, we we booked a Norwegian cruise line sailing to Alaska in the summer of 2023, and we have a Royal Caribbean on Harmony of the Seas or one of the Oasis class ships right before for spring break. So yeah, we're really excited. We had a guest on recently who sailed on Royal Caribbean and after hearing all the stuff he got to do on board and hearing about Perfect Day at Coco Cay, decided to give it a try just to, just to do the compare and contrast. Well, and that'd be interesting to compare it to obviously the sort of the Disney Island. So it'd be good to see, you know, you have a nice comparison then. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, before we dive into your cruise, Andrew, I wanted to ask, you mentioned you're a bit of a, a ship geek. Do you have a maritime background or did you just catch the interest at some point? Um, so I, yeah, kind of, so I've always worked, so I work in the port of Southampton. So my kind of background is when I left school, I worked, I got into shipping. Um, I left school and started working for P&O on the freight forwarding side and the freight side. And actually one of my first jobs on the freight forwarding side of P&O is to liaise with P&O Cruises and they're one of our biggest customers. And it was obviously to ship all the spares out to wherever the ships are. So, you know, when they need something, literally these stuff will be fly, flown out ASAP to meet the ship, whether it be in the Mediterranean, the Caribbean. So, and so that's, that's how I kind of started. And then for the last 15 years, uh, well, actually, no, last 20 years, I've actually worked at the uh, container terminal in Southampton. So hence, I'm able to get so many photos because working in the port does have its benefit. Yeah, you're you're around ships all the time. Uh, basically, it's my, well, it's my job and it's my hobby. So <laughs> I kind of never really <laughs> have to work. <laughs> Well, Andrew, let's dive into your cruise. You were on the Magic out of Southampton. It was a three-night cruise. We've we've talked to a few different guests about some of the aspects of that cruise, but let's start with your experience with booking online, uh, the sort of Disney technical experience. We've heard some folks with some not great feedback about that, but what was the experience like for you? Booking booking was fine. I, I booked to um, sort of travel agent that I've sort of been recommended and a few sort of, you know, the bloggers and bloggers use. So the booking side was was easy. As soon as all the cruise lines were kind of, you know, announcing their UK um, staycations, I, you know, I kind of had it in my mind that, well, would Disney do it? Because obviously being a bit of a ship geek, I'd known that um, Magic had been in Dover throughout the whole pandemic other than going to the shipyard, you know, she'd returned. So I'm thinking, well, the ship's normal, you know, based in Europe at some part of the year. So would they do something? So as soon as they did, literally on the day that it was announced, I was inquiring, inquiring and um, looking to book something. And because because obviously the price of Disney there, you know, they're, they're not the cheapest. I thought these these sort of cruises would be, a, you know, an ideal way to start. And obviously out of Southampton as well, what better way to start that? So booking was no problem at all. The online thing, it was only nearing boarding that there was ever kind of an issue. The the apps I found worked very well up until kind of up to until about the 30 days when you can start booking stuff. Um, because as soon as you try to book something, uh, it was a bit of a concern because the shows, for example, were all sharing this book. Um, so I was a bit concerned that, you know, if they're all booked, I won't get to see them. And obviously I've heard how good they were. So, and obviously I'd read a little things, obviously followed the podcast. So I'd known that sort of DCL, sort of the systems wise are not always the best, which is surprising really, because they do everything else so well. I would have thought systems would be, would be up there, but um, it's, yeah, the app worked well. And, and again, the only thing is that seemed to happen. So obviously 
with the whole Prenetics thing, there's a company in the UK that they use called Prenetics, which all the cruise lines use for the pre-testing. And that seemed to be a little bit glitchy with getting the information I'm putting into the Prenetics system, which is separate to the Disney system. And they didn't seem to they didn't seem to talk and some of the information wasn't passed over to the Disney side. So that seemed a little bit a bit glitchy, which I you know I was a bit surprised about. Yeah, so how was the how was the check-in process as compared to some of the other cruise lines you've sailed? Did the Disney system seem on par? Was it better? Was it worse? Um, it seemed on par. I say the the, the app w- was very well. It worked very well, other than things like the shows being booked quite early on, which I guess obviously they'd be popular. But the um, yeah, that part of it seemed to work very you know seemed to work well. I was following quite a few and members of a few Facebook groups. So it wasn't the first sailing that I was on. And a lot of people were coming back and sort of with updates and saying, well, although on the app, the shows are all showing as booked and things like Paolo Brunch and whatever. Once you get on board, more more spaces is, you know, more spaces released and you can actually go and pre-book it once you're on board. So the check-in system was fine, although I unfortunately check-in on the day was was quite horrendous. Before before we get to that, I wanted to ask, you were paying attention, it sounds like, to whether or not Disney was going to sail out of the UK like the other cruise lines who had announced prior, you know, before Disney announced it. I'm curious, was your wanting to sail on Disney just because you wanted to check out these ships or do you have a love of Disney like we do? <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was more for the ships. I mean, everyone knows Disney, you know, everyone knows a Disney song and, and whether you're a huge fan or... Or whatever, it's it, it's just the ships. I think their ships are some of the nicest that uh, are afloat. Considering you know, you've got modern ones and things like the Wish. When you look at them, they're still so they're still so beautiful. Where some modern ships are more form over function. You know, I like a lot of the modern ships, but the Disney ships, I think, are so classy. So it was it was it was to try those out as well. And obviously, where Magic, you know, in terms of cruise ships now is quite old. It was quite interesting to see how that would compare to some of the modern ships. Yeah, I was curious how you found the aesthetics of the ship. So, uh, yeah, let's let's head over to. I guess you mentioned your embarkation process had a few hiccups. What was the? Where were the hiccups? So, literally on the, the day before. So basically, the, the period before, obviously, you had to prove because obviously Disney were obviously anybody over eighteen has to be double jabbed. And then what you do is you you've got proof of that, and you send that through to the Prenetics website. So you set up an account, send the details through, etc. Um, which all seemed fine. And then literally the day before boarding, an email came from Disney saying that they hadn't received proof of the, you know, proof of the vaccination. So I went on the Prenetic site. It was all still showing okay on there. So I phoned Disney and they said at the time that it should all, as long as Prenetics is showing, it's, it's fine, kind of ignore the email. So I thought, right, that's fine. But I printed everything off. I thought took paper copies of everything. I screenshotted everything from the Prenetics website to try and make embarkation easier. That's smart. That's, that's a good tip for any listeners, you know, to sometimes these things get screwed up. And so if you dot your I's and cross your T's and make sure you have everything with you, that can help on the back end. Yeah. And my kind of, and you should never plan these things, but my idea was to try and get through all that period, get on board the ship nice and early or from, well, from half two as our sort of pre-arrival time. So I thought, you know, looking at everyone else that's been on these cruises, it's always about three quarters of an hour, maybe to an hour. So I thought, Okay, on board by half three. That give me a couple of hours to really find my bearings, really have a good look at the ship before it gets too busy. But as I say, you should never plan these things. So we got to we got to the terminal dead on our um, arrival time. 
unfortunately, which again, another thing, just being a you know something I could put on Instagram and and everything and Twitter, we never got our luggage labels pre you know pre arrival. But that oh interesting was, yeah, which was it seemed to be quite there's quite a few people that don't seem to or there's a lot of people on the cruise that I was on that didn't seem to get them. Unfortunately, they arrived the day we got back, so that was kind of like a, a double blow. <laughs> getting off the cruise, and then the first thing you open is your luggage label. You're just like, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, now it's a souvenir. <laughs> oh, it's a souvenir, yeah. Maybe it's a ploy just to get you to book again. <laughs> but, um, so we got to the terminal tar pre arrival time. That was kind of good. It's the new terminal in Southampton, so I was eager to see that. And that was that was fine. There was guys going around saying, have you got your luggage labels? No. So they were checking checking the details, handing them out to you, and you give them your cases. And then we got to the terminal, and we noticed a really long queue. So obviously we start speaking to people. So our arrival time was half two and there'd been people there that got there from half 12, which is I think what half 12 to one o'clock was the, was the earliest. Oh my goodness. And as we arrived, we just heard the announcement that they had to stop testing because the system had crashed. So, and of course, it was the first time of all of these cruises, any of the Disney cruises, that this had happened. Ugh, so those, so those people have already been waiting for two hours, and so, and now they're telling you the system has crashed. And now they're telling the system had crashed, so they had to stop testing. So literally, we were, we were in the end, we didn't get on board until quarter past five. Oh, wow. So yeah, we definitely had folks on our cruise boarding as late as like 6.30. I, th- I think we pulled out at 7. So 6.30 was kind of the last folks to get on board. But yeah, it's that's, that's really late. Five o'clock is really late. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And of course, we well, we were due to sail at 6.15. So I thought, well, that's good because I was looking forward to sailing down Southampton Water, you know, glorious sunset and everything, you know, camera at the ready. But there's all the delay um, with everybody getting on board. And then obviously port other port movements in Southampton because obviously there's, there's other ships and whatever. We actually didn't sail till one o'clock in the morning. Oh my goodness! So you didn't even sort of get to see the sail away. No, didn't even get to see that. <laughs> so how late were people boarding? Because you you'd said that you had like a two something arrival, a two thirty arrival time. You got on at five. That means they've got you know four hours or so of folks behind you, right? So are people getting on at like nine or ten o'clock at night? So I think looking for so how long the queue was behind us, I think there were still probably people getting on about six o'clock. I think it was about six, half past six that I noticed. Kind of, I was trying to keep an eye the last people kind of getting on. So everybody was kind of delayed, really, kind of two and a half the hours from their from their arrival time. And it was because, say, the Panetic system had gone down. Then it wasn't when it then did get up and running. It wasn't then again talking to the the Disney system. So obviously there was a lot of people that didn't kind of have the paperwork or the only whatever. And of course, you know that 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 was a delay because then they were trying to go on the email and get the stuff from Panetic. So. You know, while you were in the queue, there were delays with getting that done because people, you know, assumed it was all, you know, the system would be talking. And of course it wasn't. Correct me if I'm wrong. I want to make sure I'm understanding this correctly. In addition to having to prove your vaccination status, you also had to go through a a rapid test at the port. Yeah, that's correct. Um, so once you you kind of go and you prove right, I'll, if I'm if it's required, I've had my double vaccination. You then go through and do do the rapid testing. And that, to be fair, wasn't too bad. I think we had we had a thirty minute wait for our result. So it's thirty minutes of literally sat there, fingers crossed, and you know nervously waiting. So you know, once you got to that bit, it was it was quite quick and didn't seem any more any longer than you know all the other cruises and and everything else from what I've seen. So that that part of it was 
was relatively straightforward. Yeah. So, Andrew, you, you finally got on board the ship. You know, the moment most people remember is the first time stepping into a Disney atrium on board one of the ships. And so how was that for you? Well, that I mean, that was just that was just fantastic. Obviously, I've watched, so I knew exactly what happened, and I knew that obviously because obviously the protocols and because they don't want people crowding you going, and you're you know you're sort of directed to a spot, and they keep the numbers low. So there's probably maybe five or six family groups, you know, within the spots in the atrium. So then, of course, when you go and you announce the announcement, I think that that is just fantastic. If every cruise line could do that, I thought that was absolutely magical. And of course. You then get the uh, this sort of arrival song, and obviously uh, Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse come there and do the dance. So that is, yeah, that's fantastic. That is that that is something that's that's a true welcome, I think, which Disney do very well. And so, as a self described cruise geek, what did you think of the design of the ships? Because it's a little bit different than the other ones that are out there. I think it is. I absolutely loved it. I mean, I say I'm I'm a ship geek, so I I love the new ships. I think there's some fantastic new ships out there, but I do like. Some of the older ships. I sailed on Pino's Oriana, her penultimate cruise before obviously she was sold. And being an old ship, she was lovely. So I love the aesthetic. I love the fact that, you know, you've got the whole, we've got the just by the wraparound prom deck, which I think is fantastic. And, you know, she's an older ship, but not dated at all. It's, yeah, the, the aesthetics and just the whole design I thought was wonderful. Yeah, the atrium flows really well. It's nice. It's yeah, you know, I couldn't couldn't fault it at all. Really, it was it was that, and that was one of the things I wanted to have a good look around and and you knew just sort of immerse myself in a Disney ship. Yeah, they are really beautiful. I I mean, I I love I love the dream and the fantasy, but the magic and the wonder just have I don't know. They're just the most gorgeous ships, despite their age. Yeah, definitely. That's right. Yeah. And it's just it's just the little Disney touches. So again, you know, you walk in and the whole, you know, the whole atrium, the fact that, you know, there's three floors, but the floors actually they're not as hot, you know, sort of they get lower as you get to the top. And why is that? Well, because on the top on the top floor there, obviously you've got or the top deck, you've obviously got where the children in the clubs are. So it's just little touches like that, which I just think Disney do so well and yeah, just do so well. Well, Andrew, if you ever get a chance to sail on Disney again and they have the Art of the Theme Ship Tour available to you, I think you would absolutely love it. It just goes through all the design touches that they built into the ships and, you know, how they made them easy to navigate with, you know, the carpeting and other sorts of little touches and even talks about the special hull color they have for the ship, uh, Monica Blue, but we won't get into that story. We won't spoil it for those who want to take the Art of the Theme Ship Tour. But yeah, it's, it's just a great, it's a great tour. I think you'd really love it. So, Andrew, we forgot to ask you, who was in your sailing party? Uh, so, I was sailing with my sister. It was basically because so both our birthdays are in August. My sister's is on the 10th. Mine's a couple of days ago on the 23rd. So, we kind of we thought about doing something for birthday. And, of course, when these Disney sort of things came up, I thought, well, we've got to, got to kind of do it. Now, unfortunately, my, my wife isn't, isn't into cruising as much as I am. So, she doesn't really have the interest <laughs> Kind of wasn't interested, but my sister was. So I thought, well, we'll do a little bit of a, a siblings cruise and to, as a as a nice birthday celebration. So it was just the two of us. That's awesome. But it was yeah, it was good. We had fun. So Andrew, what uh, what kind of cabin did you get, and who got the couch bed? Uh, well, now so so, <laughs> so this is another thing. So we get on board, we go into the atrium, and obviously they do the whole Disney arrival. And then what I liked as well, what they did is they take you into room at the side and obviously they show you how to use the app and obviously from there you obviously then are told obviously head down to your cabin so we booked one of the ocean view cabins uh, with like double portholes i think on deck one so uh deluxe ocean view so we headed down there 
and we got there. So the cards in the little envelope. So we go to open the door and they're not working. And it's kind of like, oh, come on. Is there anything else that can kind of really <laughs> oh, no. yeah, We don't really need this. We really don't need this. One of the um, attendants just, just came along. And, of course, the case, our, our cases were outside the, the state room as well. So we thought, well, yeah, this is our state room. So, okay, I'm going to have to go up to uh, sort of, you know, up to the um, reception and, and obviously get that sorted. But then one of the attendants came along and said, oh, oh, um, Mr. McAlpine, you're, you're, you're not in this cabin. I think you've been upgraded. And I was like, oh, okay. So she made a quick phone call. Yes. So your new cabin is 8570. You're on deck eight. Um, so straight away, because I, I'm a thing I knew would be, I knew it was a veranda cabin. So Disney had very kindly, kindly upgraded us. So we went up to the, um, went up to our actual cabin and it was a deluxe veranda which was which was just fabulous it was fabulous so so yeah it was nice so we got in there there was there's a there's a sort of nice bunch of flowers and a and a bottle of prosecco you know welcome up welcome us on so that was good and when it comes to the couch bed well i i, I kind of said to my sister well we look you know we can share we can take turns but to be fair i have the bed and she said no i'm quite happy i'll have the couch bed for the duration so i did well there and what did you think about your stateroom overall i mean having sailed on different ships how did you find the disney stateroom I, it, it was very nice. I like the um, the twin bathrooms. I'd sailed on ships. I'd sailed. I've sailed on the German line Aida when their Aida Primer came out a few years ago with a group of friends. We did the week long sort of Europe cruise, metropolitan cruise, as it was, and they had the same concept. Um, so I thought that worked well. I think I know you know not everybody's a fan, but I think I think that works well. You can both kind of get you know get ready and whatever, and you know, and obviously the veranda was was great although unfortunately we didn't have the best weather unfortunately when we sailed it wasn't caribbean in the uk weather it was overcast we didn't have any rain but there wasn't any um fabulous sunshine not that we spent a lot of time in there but it was yeah very it worked very well i love the i love the disney touches you know things like they're on the the lights you know the little mouse ears and the all the disney touches wherever you look you know you can see the mickey symbol the disney symbol i think again that's just that's just so cleverly done and it's not in your face, but you know you're on a Disney ship just because of the little the little touches. Yeah, it's it's nice and subtle, which I think we appreciate. So you get that Disney magic without it being, you know, staying at like Pop Century in Orlando or something. It's not in your face. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah, one hundred percent you do. And the bed was the bed was fabulously comfortable as well. I have no no issues with that. I know from sort of seeing reviews, a few people have, have had issues with their with their cabins, obviously, she, where she's an older ship, but we didn't have we didn't we didn't have any issues at all. Well, we need to take a minute to pause and thank our amazing sponsors over at Touring Plans Travel. As you know, we use Touring Plans Travel ourselves to book our own fabulous Disney Cruise Line vacations and Disney vacations. And we even recently used Touring Plans Travel to book a Royal Caribbean Cruise Line vacation for 2023. And the amazing thing is I got an email from our travel specialist over at Touring Plans Travel who had been watching the Royal Caribbean deals, checked our reservation and saved us money by rebooking us on Royal Caribbean at a lower rate. And so I know I don't have time to be constantly scouring websites for better rates our touring plans travel specialist does that for us. So not only might you be leaving money on the table by benefiting from sort of the experience and expertise that you can get from a travel specialist over at touring plans travel, not to mention the fact that they will wait on hold when you don't have time to, and they will help you out in emergencies when you need them the most, but they can also save you even more money on your vacations by watching for those specials and rates and deals. So highly recommend touring plans travel. Be sure to head over to touringplans.com slash travel to check them out. And as always, thank you touring plans for continuing to sponsor the show. Now back to our episode. 
what did you think about the onboard activities, Andrew? I mean, you weren't dealing with kids, so you didn't have to worry about kids club time and that kind of stuff. But did you participate in any of the onboard activities or the adult activities? And what did you think? Yeah. So we did some of the quizzes, um, some of the trivia. Um, we didn't do very well, but it was just good fun just, <laughs> just to have a go and, and just enjoy that. And, this, and there is so much to do on there as well. So, so it was good. We did see the um, the Frozen show on or the following day. Because obviously they didn't do it on Sailway, but they did have it the following day. So we saw that just to you know just to um, just to experience it. So I yeah, I think it's fabulous. The, the the thing which I kind of looked at before that whether you're sailing with kids or not, there's there's enough to do. You know, it's it's just as good for adults as it is for children. I love I love that Disney's Frozen stage show. It's amazing. It is. It is very, very good. Yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. And I say it's it's good. You know, everyone knows the everyone knows that the, the songs and whatever. So before you know it, you're kind of there singing along and thinking, <laughs> "What's going on here?" You know, I'm really enjoying this kind of thing. You know? <laughs> you're you're belting "Let It Go" yeah, with everyone. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. So yeah, it's yeah, it's very good. I think they're they're just as good for adults because, as I said, anyone, everyone, everyone knows. Disney songs, whether you're a huge fan or, you know, you've seen a Disney, you know, whatever the Disney film, you know, seen a Disney movie, so you know. So, you know, you know what Disney's about, so you can partake and and really enjoy it. So in the U.S., on a three-night sailing, they would run the stage show two of the nights and do a matinee and that sort of thing to make sure enough opportunities for people to see it. And then one of the night, and then one of the nights, actually, they do fireworks, at least on the Caribbean cruises off the deck of the ship. What, What do they do in the U.K.? Um, so they're running the station now. The day before we sailed, they announced obviously because obviously they had the they had the show. I'm trying to think of the name of the show now that they had on that. I'll, that'll come back to me. But they had the one show. But then on the day before, they announced that they were doing the um, the other show, the Disney Dreams show. I think it is. So they did Dreams, yeah. Which they announced it was literally the day before we sailed. So while we were on board, we saw shoot two shows, and I've got to say, by by far and away, they're some of the, the best shows I've seen. I've seen on board a ship. They were fantastic, and the and Disney Dreams was just you know to, you know being that it was their first you know Disney's first show, and that the the way they've sort of incorporated modern characters and updated it, it was it was fantastic. So really, really enjoyed it. So we were lucky because I was conscious, as I said earlier on on the app. All the shows were showing books. I thought, well, I didn't get in there early enough to try and book anything. But once you got on board, it was it was kind of announced that you could you didn't have to book. You could just turn up. So we had um, we had the late dining, which again I we were originally allocated early dining, but I'd swapped that to the late dining initially to try and obviously enjoy the the sail away in Southampton, which never happened. (laughs) On both times, we managed to see the show on two of the days before. Then having the meal, so and the, the, just the shows were just absolutely fantastic. As just yeah, best shows I've seen on board any ship. They really were. Yeah, that that show was just I think updated before the UK staycations. It's going to be on some of the I think a couple of the other ships or at least one of the other ships. But yeah, it's an updated version of because they did have Dreams was a show prior to the pandemic, but they've updated it now. So it's I've heard I've actually I don't think we've ever seen that one because we have not sailed on the magic. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll be there next September, hopefully. <laughs> Andrew, did you get to participate in any of the adult activities or experience some of the adult spaces on board? And what did you think? So we didn't do any of the adults sort of things, you know, the sort of the, the drinks tasting or the cocktail making because we just wanted to also spend a little bit of time looking around the ship and kind of just relax. So we didn't want to kind of have too much planned. But the adult spaces we did, I mean, you know, obviously Cove Coffee was probably one of my or um, 
Cove Cafe was probably one of my favorite spots for a coffee. It's that's a fabulous spot. Yeah, that's a great spot. It's a great spot. Um, and the adult spaces are, are really good as well. So yeah, we enjoy yeah enjoyed enjoyed all of them. I think really yeah, there wasn't anything I'd say I didn't enjoy on board. That's probably Brian's favorite spot as well, Cove Cafe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, but yeah. you know we we live outside of Seattle, and so we're big coffee drinkers. <laughs> oh, so, well, there you go. So that's right. You get good coffee all year round, and not just on board ships. <laughs> well, it doesn't sound like you had cool weather, Andrew. But let me ask: Did you explore the upper deck and the pool deck of the ship, and and what did you think? And did you get a chance to ride the? It's not the Aqua Mouse. Uh, it's not the Aqua Duck. It's the Aqua Dunk. And did did you get to ride the Aqua Dunk? Yes, that's so. So uh, perhaps if I'm copped out a bit, really, if the weather had been a bit nicer, then I would have done it. But um, (laughs) yeah, but I I went up to the top and I was chatting to one of the guys, so I I was watching it. So it did it did look fun, but I um, I didn't really (laughs) back up the courage to do any of that. Yeah, the pool decks I thought were brilliant. You know, the adults' pool um, and the adults' sort of area and pool is. That's good. And it's um, because obviously the cap- capacity was limited. So I did make a point of finding out. So there are only 1,490 passengers on board when we sailed. Oh, fantastic. That was around about 60% capacity. And unsurprisingly, you know, at no point did it, you know, there weren't queues. Originally, I think there you did have to put the things and they were doing virtual queues. But I think when we sailed, that had kind of, because obviously the rules in the UK had beforehand relaxed a bit. There weren't any sort of virtual queues. So you could just kind of turn up. But it, it, at no point, it didn't, you know, never got crowded or busy. We heard, we heard that was the reason for the change with the shows too, that the, the, the reason for the change from reservations for the shows to no reservations was based on the UK relaxing some of its rules. Yes, exactly. That's right. So in the theatre, obviously you go into the theatre and it was the same. I did, it was the same in the cinema, but in the theatre, you kind of sit in your family group and it was just like leave one chair between you and say another group. So, so the theatres were busy, obviously on both, you know, both shows we saw, but it was, it was never an issue. Did you, what did you think about the uh, movie theatre on board? Well, I went to, so they had two movies when we were there. So they just, in the UK, they just, um, Black Widow was already there. So that was already showing. So I made a point of watching that. And then the following night they had Jungle Cruise. So I thought, well, I might as well make the point because that had just been released in the UK. And the movie theatre was, was brilliant, but literally I think both times I went was a kind of like late showings, the last showing, which is about quarter to 11, 11 o'clock. Oh, wow. On both nights, I think there's about five, six people in there. So it was it was fantastic. You could just sit anywhere and it was enjoy the movie and then go out and go for a drink afterwards. So I made a point of doing that. And the movie theatre is good, nice size. It was good size, yeah. And, and the theatre as well, you know, you know stunning theatre, both of them. Well, Andrew, the all-important question, food. You got to experience Disney's famous rotational dining setup. What did you think about rotational dining and the food offerings? Um, rotational dining, I'd obviously looked and I knew about, and I thought that was brilliant because obviously on some of the two-night ones, um, you might not get the chance to to try all restaurants. Um, but obviously on the three-night, you could. So on the first night, we were in Lumiere's. Um, then we were Animator's Palette on the second night. And then obviously... Yeah, Rapunzel was on the on the third night, and I really like the idea. I also think the the idea that your your waiters and your serving staff they fully you know they come with you is just I think that's brilliant because they get to know you. So I'm vegan, so I knew I'd done a lot of research, and I knew that obviously you know compared maybe to some cruise lines, Disney are very good at catering for you know people with food intolerances and vegan, and I actually could not fault it. The staff. You know, you know, the staff that we got really friendly with and we're friends now still on, on Facebook and that really, really do, did well, really, really did look after us. 
literally the, on the first night when we sat in the mirrors, the head waiter came up and explained that he knew, obviously, vegan. So obviously, you know, he, you know, there'd be someone to speak to me in a minute and they came up. And the only thing I'd say is some of the things on the menus were kind of, you know, they weren't labelled as vegan, even though they were. I kind of had an idea, you know, of what I wanted, but the, the waiting staff were good. And the whole idea that you, 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 they rotate the dining, I think, is is good and perhaps something that maybe other cruise lines could, you know, could could learn from. Obviously, they have more restaurants on, the same sh- on some ships, but I think, it's, I think it's a really, really good idea. It really worked well for us. Is your sister vegan also? No, no, she's not. So it was just myself. And and she loved the food as well. The food was food was phenomenal. The only thing I the only thing we both said a couple of times is that it could have been warmer. Now obviously it's you know that, that's one thing we kind of did notice. So yeah, that's the only kind of thing we said. You know, and the feedback afterwards couldn't fault it. The food was delicious, but there were some times it came and you think it could be just a little bit warmer. But so, so you had late seating. You said. Yes, we did. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder if that's because right now they're making, you know, uh, just the late seating, the way they're making the food, maybe it's just sitting out a little longer under warmers or something. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah. It could be. Yeah. It could be. But th- that's the only thing, you know, that's the only thing I, you know, kind of, if I had to make a criticism, not even that w- would be the only thing. The food was, the food was fine. They catered for me really well. And as opposed to maybe sort of some cruise lines, you know, they're, they're getting better. But on, but on a couple I've been before, you sort of say you're vegan or they either haven't got anything or, ah, right, okay, well, we've got some, okay, we've got some salad for a starter. <laughs> we can have sorbet for a dessert and I'll make up something with including salad for, for Maine. But <laughs> it, was, it was not like this at all. And it was all, but I mean, as I say about obviously it being warmer, but I could tell there's some things that were definitely you know, freshly made and, and things like that. So I'm curious about um, breakfast and lunch. What what you all did for breakfast and lunch? Did you go to the dining rooms or did you go to cabanas? And 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 if you went to cabanas, how did you find that experience? I know that's that's certainly harder. I think for anyone with any kind of dietary uh, restriction. So yeah, so cabanas. So we did cabanas on. Um, two of the days. Um, so when we, and yeah, that was. So when you first you first go there again, it, it, it would help. You're looking. Obviously, you're going. Obviously, where the buffets are different, so they're serving it to you. But you're still kind of scouring. You know, wait, oh, is there anything there for me? You know, like that salad. What else have they got? Kind of thing. You know. But again, while we were in Cabanas, so my sister was kind of deciding what she wanted, and then the head, head waiter Simone, who was our, who'd come up to me and you know was one of our, you know, would see me every night, was actually in Cabanas that day. So he came right over to me and said, "Right, look, we don't have anything in here, but what I can do for you from somewhere else, we can get you a, a vegan burger, and it was the Beyond Burger." So he said, "Take your seat, and I'll find you. I'll bring up some." Salad to start with, so to start. And so we sat down, and literally, so I'm assuming, obviously, it wasn't in Cabanas. It must have been from from somewhere else, you know, another restaurant. I think Lumiere's did. I noticed they did the the Beyond Burger, but literally, they did that. So they brought that up, especially to the table, and and that was fine. So I did that. That was fine in Cabanas, and then on the last day, um, we were going to Lumiere's, but. They had the outside veggie delights. So I asked if they do um, vegan. And even though it wasn't displayed, they got like a menu out and I had like a vegan hot dog for one of the lunches as well, which they then cooked and brought over to me. So it was it was fine. I didn't have any I didn't have any problem with although sometimes you just kind of a little bit more to look, you know, if, if they had the menu there and it would have been available to look at then 
other people would have known as opposed to just kind of asking but other than that it was it was fine lunch was yeah lunch was very good good i'm glad to hear that because i i do know that's one criticism we've heard from other guests who are actually another vegan guest who had a, a much harder time in cabanas it sounds like than than you did yeah andrew well as we get to the end of our show here i really have two kinds of questions for you the first is comparing disney to some of the other cruise experiences you've had where did disney shine and where did they miss the mark um shine i think service it's it, and, and just the overall I'd, I'd say just the overall cruise experience i couldn't fault couldn't fault it at all obviously the ship i kind of knew i was going to like because i you know i looked at photographs and you know tours and however many blogs and whatever so i knew you know the ship itself was i was going to love which i did shine just the service i think was just just exemplary i couldn't fault it at all you know just you know just you know, just the little touches so on the last on the last morning we ate in ate in rapunzel's because we had the late um the late breakfast as well um and i'd already had in my mind that i can't see what i'm going to chew i'm going to try the vegan omelette because funny enough jenny had mentioned that so the previous night um when we in rapunzel's on our last night i mentioned to the service i've said oh look just to make it easy for you in the morning for breakfast we're in here i was going to order the um the vegan omelette to which the answer was uh well that's right because i've already that's already sorted for you i guess i was gonna i guess i was gonna bring it to you anyway so like you can't honestly you know what i mean you can't you know that's that's like walking to the bar and the, and literally just getting your you know your favorite drink, drink. on the bar. So i love it <laughs> it, was, it was brilliant so service was just just absolutely fantastic the rotational dining that we mentioned before that actually you know where your servers they follow you so they get to know you whether you've got any you know, specialist eating requirements or not, they're going to know you can build up a really good rapport, have a laugh um, with them. So I think that's that's where they excel. Absolutely. Obviously, price is always knowing they are, you know, the service obviously and, and, and knowing, you know, compared to some lines, they are a premium line, you could say. So whether or not, I wouldn't necessarily say they, they fall down there, but obviously, you know, the price of this, you know, three nights, you know, you could, the amount of other cruises that we're doing from other lines, you know, you could go on a longer cruise for about the same price. So I guess rather than fall down, I guess that's the only thing you could say, you know, you certainly are paying for the service, but I did come away and I didn't think at all, well, it wasn't worth what I paid, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think it's interesting because um, I know how entertaining the wait staff uh, is or, or was for us um, and sounds like they were that way for you. What I would also say is when you have a kid at your table, it, they take it to another level. I mean, they are just doing they're doing like magic tricks and riddles. And I mean, it's 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 like they're part of the entertainment staff almost. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We saw, we saw that. Obviously, there are children on there, and and again, it's it's unfortunate because I've got it. Actually, my my son is the same is the same age as yours, so he's seven. Um, and I really did want to bring him along, but for, for whatever reason, it it didn't happen. So, and that's that's why I'm thinking, right, I really do need to take him on a Disney cruise. But having watching all the you know all the other children, how the waiting staff just interact and and really you know really involve them. It was just, yeah, just phenomenal to watch, actually. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. We all use our kids as an excuse to go on Disney cruises. And, <laughs> you know, I did forget, this is a rang me. I forgot to ask you, what do you think about Animator's Palette? That's a pretty unique experience across the fleet right now. So, oh, the show was the show was fantastic. It was it was brilliant. Yeah, how they do it is just, just fantastic. It's, yeah, and the fact that, you know, okay, so you, you draw your character and then they, they explain to you, right, you want to look at these two because you don't you know there's so many screens around there but they say right if you look at those two screens over there 
your characters appear on the screens that are closest to your table. The fact that you're not scouring and you don't see your character, you know, you do because you know where to look. And that is just that is just phenomenal. And the, the look on the other children, well, the children's and the adults' faces, yeah. you know. <laughs> Yeah, so it's just inc- incredible. You know, when your character's there with Mickey Mouse and everything else, it's just, it really, really, it was amazing. That that was my favourite. I like Lumiere's because of just the quality. That's the, you know, that was kind of harking back to the, you know, the old, old sort of Guinard liner kind of thing. You know, right, it's like a fancier feel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, you, you know you're on a, you know you're kind of on a cruise and kind of like an old liner kind of in that restaurant. Um, Rapunzel's was good because of the show, so that I'd say is is probably more more for the children. But then animators' palette gets the adults smiling as much as the children, and that was that was my favorite, definitely. Uh, one one other question I wanted to ask was: Did you see a lot of characters around the ship? And um, I know you're not a Disney devotee, I'll call it like we are. But did you snap any selfies or anything with the characters around the ship? Oh yes, as, yes, as many as I could. So yeah, that definitely happened. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and the fact that you know they just turn up anywhere. You know, you could just literally be sat on top, you know, enjoying a drink, and literally, you know, the um, you know, the soldiers from Toy Story you could see on the top deck walking about or you know just walking through just by the atrium and then you know donald duck and, and whatever would come through so yeah so yeah we did as uh, as much as we could i thought well it's got to be done it's, you can't go on a disney cruise and not the odd selfie with uh, with some of the characters so yeah so definitely did that that was good I love I love that even though you know I because I I mean I do that but I you know I'm kind of Disney obsessed but I love that people who aren't even Disney obsessed feel like oh my god I have to do that right it's just a fun thing yeah it is yeah well, it's, yeah exactly you're not on a Disney cruise every day so it's it's yeah it's got to be done and obviously it's different because obviously there wasn't the close interaction when they were at the atrium they were kind of cordoned off so you you know you're not getting up, up close but even when you see them out on deck you know they're relatively close to you and you can certainly get a selfie and them um, yeah and the, and uh, i mean they're just so interactive and just get so involved with you so it's yeah it's, it's got to be done so my last question for you andrew is I, I look i think i have a sense of this but would you do it again would you go on a disney cruise again or would you say for the price i can go on two cruises so i'll take the trade-off well yeah i know that is yeah that is i mean yeah without a shadow of a doubt i would and I'd I'd like to take you know I'd like to do it with the family next time. Take my son, take my wife, and just get a whole family and and just do that. So I would without a shadow of a doubt. But then if it was a chance then to go on maybe two or three ships as opposed to just one ship, I guess I'd have to opt for the two or three because that's the ship geek in me. So <laughs> I mean, have to do that. But yeah, I mean it, it was that was my whole thing. The fact that they're out of out of the UK, I had to I had to do it at least once. So I can say I've done it you know even if it was a shorter one so you know but whether or not i mean it'd be interesting to see whether because obviously they have been so popular so it will be interesting to see obviously i know they you know magic's out of dough next year but whether they do anything similar or even a shorter season with a similar thing from the different ports because i think the feedback and the popularity of them you know they may look at this and think well actually that was you know it did work well we'll have to wait and see well, Andrew, I know before we wrap up the show, Sam wanted to do a quick two-question rapid fire with you. It's uh, a little bit different for our bonus shows. We don't normally do rapid fire, but she really wanted to ask you two quick rapid fire questions. So I'm going to throw it over to her for those. My my questions are, well, my first question is, what is your favorite ship that you have photographed? Oh, no, no, that is a, di- oh, that is a difficult that I photographed. Oh, my word. 
Well, I've got to say, right, I've got to say um, because I'm I'm into so I'm like a huge Sea Shepherd fan and I love nature. So probably my favourite, I think, would have to be Norwegian Bliss because I'm a huge fan of the island, the artist. And I think the artwork that he that he did on that, you know, with the dolphins and the whales and the, and and the sort of sea creatures, is just absolutely phenomenal. So I think you know, from, in terms of artwork on a ship, that's that's the best for me. So that's got to be my. But that's a hard one because I photograph a lot and I like them for lots of different reasons. But purely for that, I would say that's that's probably my favourite I've photographed. I think. Cool. And then my second and last question is bucket list ship. So what ship have you not yet gotten to check out or and or photograph that you are just dying to get to get to? Oh, God, bucket list ship. Wow. No, trouble is, trouble is there are so many. And that's the Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. So bucket list ship, actually, it was and it's one that I'll never be able to photograph. But that was the old Norway. I think is that in terms of just the design, the look, you know, even after they did the, you know, put the extra cabins above the bridge, but the Norway, I think, is just of a bucket list ship to photograph. If I could, any, any, it would be to photograph that, which unfortunately I never did. And I'm always, I'm always eager to photograph the new ships. So, I mean, obviously the new Disney ships coming out, I think, are just, are just fantastic. In Southampton, we're very lucky because. A lot of the ships seem to visit us here. You know, a lot of the NCL ships will visit here before crossing the Atlantic. So I'm hoping the Wish might even do that, you know. So, and the one I'm looking forward to actually in the next column, because it's just been announced that MSC Seashore is just making a couple of visits to Southampton in September. So I'm eager to photograph that being the first one of that kind of class, obviously. So, yeah, so that's one, that's the up and coming one I'm looking forward to, I think. Yeah, lots to look forward to then on your Instagram and your Twitter for us. Well, Andrew, I want to make sure we pause here and give you a chance to let folks know how they can connect with you out there, those fabulous photos you take and your cruising adventures. So do you want to let folks know how they can find you? Okay, so probably the main um, sort of one that I'm is Instagram. So I'm at Cruise Ship Profiles on Instagram. Twitter, quite heavily on Twitter, and I'm cruise ship P, so at cruise ship P on Twitter. I do have a blog, and I really must start writing more things up on there, but um, I'm too busy out taking photos most of the time. But uh, my blog is cruiseshipprofiles.com, um, so that's sort of the three ones. I'm on, uh, I'm on, I'm also on TikTok um, as cruise ship profiles as well, so I've started doing a few of those just for a little bit of fun side as well. <laughs> Well, Andrew, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your experience sailing with Disney Cruise Line for the first time. And again, just encourage all of our listeners out there to go over, check out Andrew's Twitter profile and Instagram account. They're great photos. They're really fun. So, Andrew. So, Andrew, thanks again. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for, yeah, thank you for inviting me. It's been an absolute pleasure to, to come in and talk and obviously talk to your listeners as well. So, um, anytime, just, um, yeah, just get in contact. I'm welcome to come back anytime. Well, I do really appreciate Andrew coming on the show and highly, highly recommend going over, check out his Instagram account, check out his Twitter account, wherever you are on social media. He's got great photos of the ships there in Southampton and they're always fun to see. So really appreciate him coming on and sharing his experience. We can't wait to make it back over to the UK. Hopefully next September, we'll finally get aboard the Magic. I know it's crazy that we haven't been on the Magic yet, but we'll finally get aboard the Magic for a sailing to Norway. So really looking forward to getting back over to the UK and onboard the Magic. So with that, I do just want to do a quick reminder about our giveaway 
way, you can head over to our Facebook page or if you're in our Facebook group, the details are there. There are multiple ways to enter, including leaving us new iTunes reviews, five-star written iTunes reviews, new subscriptions to our YouTube channel and joining our Patreon support tiers. If you are an existing Patreon, existing YouTube subscriber or existing reviewer, we will have a separate drawing for you for a signed copy of a David Koenig book. Uh, Our giveaway for the new folks is of a replica sign from Castaway Key. So uh, head over, check that out. Multiple ways to enter and we will do the drawing here at the end of the month. With that, I do want to thank each and every one of you out there for listening this week. As always, to our bonus episode, please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. Please also head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us those five-star written reviews. We really appreciate the feedback on the show and connecting with our listeners and love reading them on the air in our main episodes. You can also head over to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash DCL Duo for even more great content. Or you can join our DCL Duo vlog and podcast Facebook group if you'd like to join a conversation with some like-minded DCL Duo fans and cruisers like yourself. If you'd like to support the show, you can head over to touringplans.com slash travel and book your next fabulous Disney vacation. Just let them know the DCL Duo sent you. Or you can browse to patreon.com slash DCL duo and choose from one of our monthly support tiers. We really do appreciate each and every one of our patrons out there. Thank you for supporting the show. If you'd like to connect with us directly, you can also email us at dclduo at gmail.com to ask questions or be a guest on the show. The DCL Duo vlog and podcast are not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night. Good night.